Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Sam Pets Radio, Australia's coolest podcast network. Hi everybody, welcome to another episode of All the Small Games. My name is Andrew Levins and unfortunately this week uh, joining me is my regular co-host. Just kidding everyone, he's back everyone. <laughs> John Valenzuela is back. Thanks Levins. One, one not, week paternity like get... is all you get from All the Small Games. Yeah, yeah, that's, um, you're, you're half as nice as regular businesses. <laughs> no, it's it's good to be back, it's good to be back. I um. You know, I had my I had my week off, and I was like, I've been playing games. I need to talk about them somewhere. <laughs> yeah, you've you've now encountered that thing where, like, I I don't think I'll ever fully stop doing either a video game podcast or a comic book podcast because I you know, mm-hmm. when you when you take in so many uh, niche things, you you need to discuss them with somebody, and you may as well record yourself doing it exactly for other idiots like yourself who like niche things. Uh, so on today's all the small games, uh, we will be covering uh, a handful of games. John is uh, uh, going to describe what it's like to play games with a newborn baby on his lap because you are now a, pr- a proud father. I am very proud. Um, and that- uh, and um, yeah, I've been trying to fit in as much kind of like. Turns out there's a lot of downtime in these early early weeks, especially when like, you're giving your partner like a rest or whatever, and you, by like just having the baby on you in another room quietly for something. Oh, yeah, definitely. Totally. Yeah. Uh, so I've managed to fit in. I've, I've fit in a couple of new games, uh, fights in tight spaces, and uh, a game called Adios. And I've also been just wailing on uh, an indie classic, Rogue Legacy, on the Switch. Oh, cool! Excellent. Yeah. Um, well, I. What about you, Levens? What have you got? I have been uh, wonderfully surprised by a game I expected absolutely nothing from, but ended up loving to the point of one hundred percent completion. <laughs> Which that's my boy. <laughs> that's what I call coming now. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so the game I'm going to talk about in the show today is called Space Otter Charlie. I also want to give everyone an update on uh, my beloved uh, board game manufacturer, Oink Games, announced that they will be bringing some of their best games to the Switch. Um, and there's a, a general kind of Oink Games slash small, small board games update that I want to cram into this episode too. But John, we haven't heard from you in so long. Let's, uh, let's get an update on, uh, on the games you've been playing. So, like I said, um, uh, there was that big... It was just post the, the indie showcase a couple of weeks ago now. They had that big indie sale yeah. on the eShop. And so I kind of, like, did a little bit of shopping. I, I knew, you know, this was just pre-baby. And I was like, uh, I, need to, I need to feather my nest a little, if you will. I need to, like, prepare for what's coming up. Particularly since it's like these are all cheap now, so financially it makes sense, and spare time wise it makes sense. Hey John, can I just double and, check something? Um, you have like your mic with you, right? Yes. Like, I can't see it. Normally I can see the mic. I'm like, it's John just recording into nothing. <laughs> no, that's that's what I'm like. For some weird reason, I'm recording in my bedroom, and if I move the mic any closer, I will be like limiting on everything yeah, I right. say. Yeah, right. Oh, cool. Okay. Even even now, it's like 70, 80 centimeters away and I'm getting like perfect sound out of it. Yep. Perfect. So uh, it's it's there. Great. It's definitely there. Um, anyway, in the uh, so I picked up a bunch of indie titles um, and the two, like in the lead up to the birth, 
I was going in really hard on Void Bastards, which I originally played on Xbox. Um, and like all the games I play on Xbox, it's the sort of thing where, like, if I don't finish it in that sitting or one more sitting, I almost never return to it. So having it on Switch, I was like, cool, I'm going back. Definitely enjoyed myself a lot more this time, got a lot further into it. It's it's a first-person roguelite um, where you, you're sort of exploring a, 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 a nebula, um, landing on all these derelict ships and raiding them and, and fighting people and that kind of stuff. However, once the once you know we went through birth and the baby arrived, for some reason I just wasn't interested in playing anymore. Um, I wasn't really interested in a first-person shooter anymore. And I made the switch to Rogue Legacy. Now, Rogue Legacy is a game by Cellador. Uh, they both developed and I believe published the game. It's it's like I said, it's a classic. And when I say it's a classic, I mean. It was developed, or it was released back in 2013. So it's an eight-year-old game now. Yeah, it was a massive hit um, on the Vita when it came out. Yeah, so it's... I think it's across almost everything, to be honest. I know a lot of like OG um, Vita fans, when, when they hear people um, go on, on, on and on about how great indies are on the Switch, they're like, the Vita ran, walked so the Switch could run. And the, probably. this is like, yeah, one, of the, one of the big indie games on Vita. Yeah, so it was on like Windows, Linux, Mac, PlayStation 3, PlayStation 4, Vita, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch, and iOS. Um, and it's again, it's a, it's like a roguelite uh, sort of platforming game where you play a knight exploring a castle. And the, the gimmick is every time you die, you, um, you, you are sort of succeeded by one of your heirs. And one of your heirs, like... It's called a genealogical roguelite because your heirs have different sort of, like, traits. So they might have irritable bowel syndrome or coprolalia where they just yell out swear words every once in a while. Like, so some of them are just cosmetic. Like, one, one of the things you can have is balding and all that does is change the loading screen from to say... It normally says building, but it just says balding. Um, <laughs> I never noticed that one. That's great. Just I know one of them is dumb. one of them is gay, but it, nothing changes at all. <laughs> Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, and I love the description of it. Is you're a fan of the man <laughs> if you're playing a male character. Otherwise, it's just you know you're a fan of the woman. Um, but some of them actually like some of them do affect kind of the gameplay. So you can have like nearsighted and farsighted, and that will have like if you're farsighted, the area around your character will be fuzzy and hard to see. If you're nearsighted, the opposite will be the same. You can have. Um, Glaucoma, which is most of the screen is dark, like all these kind of things. So, and on top of that, you have all these different um, character types you can unlock. So each each time you die, you're offered three choices of like you can have a wizard who has like you know they have no foot pulse, so you won't set off spike traps when you walk around, or you can have a, a like a paladin that has muscle spasms. Or, you know, this, that, and the other. So it's always really fun with each repetition of choosing, like, who do I want to play this time? Who has the best kind of traits about them? And I think the one thing, or the other thing that really is keeping me hooked on the game is there is a massive and varied uh, number of upgrades you can do to your character. Are they permanent upgrades? or just? I, I... They are, okay, they are cool. permanent upgrades, yeah. So, like, it's just one of those things where every run I'm like, I need to earn as much money as I possibly can so I can buy a new upgrade, which will help me on my next run, etc., etc. I've just finished off one of the first boss characters. Uh, and it turns out the Switch is the perfect width for, like, sitting with a baby in your arms and playing. Okay. So, like, an Xbox controller or a PlayStation controller, your hands are so much further in, and it's a little tighter. Oh, okay, yeah. But the Switch, because of its because of the the length of it or the width the of girth. it, it just sits it sits a little bit more comfortably. Good to know. This so, is the kind of so insight you can expect from the podcast now, everyone. Two dads, yeah, at the top of their game. Yeah, all big dads, small games. <laughs> um, so that's just something I've been like, because it's got such a short playtime as well, like. A run will last you anywhere up to five minutes if it's a good one. Super easy to just be like, oh, we need to get the laundry out of the washing machine or dishwasher needs to be emptied or Joe's finished feeding and I need to take the baby now. Boop, put it down. I'm not missing out on any, any story or anything like that. Super easy. 
Yeah. So that's been kind of my... Yeah. It sounds like you've gotten a lot for, more... For, I, I've reviewed this many, many episodes ago when it first came to Switch, um, having heard so sure. much about it on other platforms. And yeah, I really loved it, but I, I, like, I, I feel like I was kind of... I got the gist of the game and then stopped playing it. Um, and you're yeah. making me... Because I mean, it, I've, I've been playing... Um, Definitely not an indie game, but I've been playing Returnal on my PS5, yeah. which is like the first ever third-person um, action roguelite I've ever played. And um, it has me missing some of the things that I came to love from uh, you know, 2D roguelites like Rogue Legacy and um, uh, Flinthook. Flinthook's my, it's my favorite roguelite, roguelite. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, not to... Not to totally hijack this discussion for Returnal. I'm very interested in Returnal. I mean, I, I like, hopefully they bring it to PC and my laptop can handle it. it is, but it almost it seems very, like the enemy attacks... The, well, it's, just a, it's very, a very, very, very powerful game. I, 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 you have to... I'd, I'd be very... It actually feels like a next-gen game and where many, many, right, many okay. games have not so far. Yeah, the, um, the enemy attacks seem to feel very much or look very much like shmup attacks. Yes. Yeah, which is a. I was like, that's a kind of cool. I've never seen that sort of done in a in a three D shooter before. Like, that's like House Mark's kind of you know arcade roots really coming to play. That bullet hell shit that we saw in Resogun and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. So, Rogue Legacy's been my like just go to time filler essentially, which has been nice. But knowing knowing that I would make this triumphant return to the podcast at some point, I really wanted to have some new stuff under my belt. But add some trumpets and to every time you talk. Like some, some, like some fanfare. Oh yeah, <laughs> triumphant return. Um, uh, and I also wanted so I wanted something to play. Like I wanted to play something for coming back. And I also felt like, you know, if I'm coming back, I want to come back real JV style <laughs> with. And review some games that only I could review because they're on Steam, um, right? Which you know, okay. I, I, I've, I've, I, caught, did, I've caught. I did just see SnowRunner in the uh, upcoming section of the uh, coming to Switch soon, so I thought maybe. Oh shit! Yeah. Really? <laughs> oh hell yeah! Um, love you, SnowRunner. Um, anyway, so there are a couple of games that I had my eye on on Steam that. Um, that, that I was like, cool, I want to review those. Should I just forge ahead? Do you want to get into... Hey, man, they've, had, they've, they've had an entire episode of just me and, 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 and Mr. Sunday Movies last week. They can get a little extra JV this week. You lucky people. So the first game I played is this game called Fights in Tight Spaces. It is by... Hold on, I've, I've done all my research. So John I've sent, got it all here. John sent me a photo. Um, he'd, had, he'd, had a, he'd been home with his kid for... I reckon 24 hours at most and sent me a photo uh, of himself extremely comfy baby and lap and uh, laptop in front of him with the logo for this game in front of him yeah so fi- firing it up getting ready to rumble um, and it's well as, as I explained this is a great game to have a to have a, a newborn because there's plenty of opportunity to like stop comfort the newborn etc etc. So Fights in Tight Spaces is it's a deck building turn based fighting game essentially. Um, I I think the best and most enlightening comparisons for it are Slay the Spire and um, Into the Breach. Okay, great. Because on one hand, favorites. on one hand, yeah, on the Slay the Spire side. So obviously this game is built around cards. It's a deck building game. Very similar to Slay the Spire, you have, you know, you have your 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 deck of cards, and each turn it will deal out five random cards. Uh, you pick which ones you want to use based on the energy you have for that round, which is called momentum. Um, and then once you've used all your momentum, you end turn. Your enemy takes a turn. They they telegraph what they're going to do. Um, very very similar to Slay the Spire. The the comparison to Into the Breach is. So the game is you play a secret agent and each level you are put in a kind of, you put in a space like a room. So it might be a back alley, it might be a tattoo parlor, it might be a kitchen, all these kinds of spaces. Um, And there will be three or four enemies there that you need to fight. So the cards you have, uh, some of them are like, you know, quick punch, hard punch, like Spinning kick, that kind of thing. So you have moves that you can make. These moves do damage, that kind of stuff. 
There are your defense cards, you have blocks, you have counters, that kind of stuff. And then you have cards that are movement cards. So it could be a simple step. You can dash up to two squares. You can slip, which is move around an enemy. There are all these kind of... So that's that's where the Into the Breach thing kind of comes yeah, in. Cool. Into the Breach is very much about controlling the space that you're in uh, and controlling the enemies within that space. So it's very much about like looking at what your enemies are doing, moving yourself so you're not, you're not at risk of being attacked, making your attacks, making tactical decisions like do I, do I, you know, do I kind of like spend a turn positioning myself or do I spend a turn just going super hard, attacking enemies, taking some damage at the end of the turn, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I've, I've played through, I'm up to the kind of second section of it and it's very much like Slay the Spire in that you, you, your health carries throughout. So you don't like, you don't finish one section and it's like, cool, you're back up to full health again. I started the second section and was like, sick, I've got 20 health points out of 60 and <laughs> I'm now in a much more difficult part of the game. Let's do this. Yep. Um, you, you start with what's called a balance deck, so it's kind of split evenly between defense and offense. Once I died on the, the kind of first run I did, it unlocked two more decks. One is like more attack-based, one's more defense-based. So there's definitely, it's got the, they're like the, the I guess the, the characters or the classes in Slay the Spire, so you can kind of experiment and see which one you like best. Um, I think it's a really, it's a really solid game. It's still in early access, so they're still developing it. Um, I'd, I'd love to see some more cards with a bit more complexity, because I found myself falling into this pattern of like, punch once, move away twice. Next round, punch once, move away twice. Like, it just became this rote kind of protection of uh, protection of my health, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think some more like some some more interesting combos to the cards would definitely help. And I think that's kind of like that's maybe one thing that's missing that Slay the Spire did really well is building up that like oh you've got this you've got this kind of power up happening and you've done these many moves, this card will take advantage of both of those things at the same time and deliver an absolutely devastating attack. Whereas this, as you as you kind of throw moves and do stuff, you build up a combo meter, and the combo meter can, can affect certain cards, so it'll be like, well, this card does 8 base damage and then 2 damage for each number on your combo meter, so if you've built up a nice big combo, you can absolutely wipe dudes out. Um... It's very the, the graphics are very simple. You, the spaces you fight in are just kind of white with um, with with wireframing of stuff within the the space itself. The enemies are in varying shades of reds and yellows, uh, just enough to differentiate. Like so, you can look and go, that enemy's different from that enemy, so I've got to kind of treat them differently. Uh, it's very satisfying the kind of like you play a card and your character will act out what the um, the card does So there's one card that is like wall slam Which is like anytime you attack an enemy next to a wall or an object with this your guy will like grab them by the head And just ram their head into <laughs> that object or wall that's always so satisfying. And that's like, like I feel like like years of playing Pokemon where you're like, oh, you know Pikachu used Electrocute and then like Pikachu just kind of like flashes a bit and then the the other pokemon will, will fl- also flash a little bit and then that's that's we've just seen what we you know yeah it's never like actually pikachu straight up electrocuting a motherfucker yeah you you never see the other pokemon skeleton um so for the like that's that's the thing it's there is a nice visceral response to uh to kind of the actions you take that's great and at the end of each at the end of each level you have the option to, similar to what they did in Super Hot, you can just watch a replay of the level, but without the like pauses taken for turns and stuff. So it's just your guy kind of like punching dudes, ducking punches, dodging, diving, doing all this stuff. So this this game is by uh, developed by a British studio called Ground Shatter and published by Mode Seven Games. Okay. Uh, I've never actually heard of either of these before, so that's interesting. Um, and it's coming to... It's obviously in early access on Microsoft Windows Steam now, and I think it's actually in game preview 
on the Xbox uh, Series X and Xbox One. So maybe maybe if your uh, if your interest has been piqued, Levens, mm. you can give it a look. See, I will. maybe I will. Maybe I fucking will. So that's that's something that I've kind of that's that's going to be an ongoing thing for me to play. And like I said, because it's turn based, it's perfect for. I need to. This baby is crying at me for no reason. I need to stand up and rock it back to sleep again. Yep. Um, kind of thing, and also perfect because. I can play it one-handed. Yeah, so this is the new metric for all games on all the small games now. It's going to be graphics, uh, music, uh, gameplay, and then the ability to play it with a baby on your lap. Yeah, the ability to play it as a dad. <laughs> dad ability. So, da- <laughs> so the second game I played, and I actually just wrapped this one up last night, uh, it's this game called Adios. So it was... Um, developed and published by a team called Mischief, mm-hmm. um, who are out of Kansas in the States. Um, Adios is sort of like, I guess the best term for it would be walking simulator. Walking um, away from I guess simulator, a, right? Because uh, saying adios to them. Yeah, based, based on the name, I can see why you'd think that. <laughs> um, but also, I guess another good term for it would be interactive theater. Um, because it's not, yeah, I know this is this is one thousand percent not Levens game. You should have seen. We're doing this over video chat, and the wince that Levens just got on his face when I said interactive theater. Good lord! I wish I was I in the I same room as you, so I could give you a wedgie. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I think I offended Levens down to his absolute soul. But um, what drew me to this game? Because look, I, I have the same kind of reaction. Interactive theater. Yeah, I mean, look, I loved... Like, I guess I can't go too hard against it because I loved Kentucky Route Zero and Kentucky Route Zero is basically interactive theatre. But what really drew me to this game is the plot synopsis is you're a pig farmer who has been disposing of bodies for the mafia. Okay, I'm back on board. (laughs) Your mafia mafia contact has shown up with another drop-off. Today you tell him you're quitting. Right. Uh, and so the game starts out with your, you know, this mafia guy like pulling up. Van is open. There are all these slightly bloody packages in the back of the van that you're kind of helping to pick up and throw to your pigs. And you start the game by telling him, "I don't want to do this anymore." And he is like, "Well, you know what the result is if you don't want to do this anymore, right?" The implication being, you'll get killed. If, if you're not useful to us anymore, you know too much, we will kill you. So in an effort to kind of try convince you to stick with working with the mafia, the mafia guy agrees to spend a day on the farm with you. Going, you know, going from place to place, doing your chores, having a discussion with you, that kind of thing. Um, so you kind of go, yep, all right, I'm not going to change my mind, but sure, spend a day with me. So what follows is all these little interactive scenes where like, you know, one of them is you go and feed a horse. So you'll have this conversation with the mafia guy. That particular one is him going like, I hate horses. Why do you have a horse? You don't have a saddle. You don't ride it. And your, your guy is, be, is saying like, I just think they're beautiful creatures. I love having it around. Feeding it relaxes me, etc., etc." Uh, you know, there's another scene where you go, you know, you you, uh, you shovel manure. You know, you shovel it into a wheelbarrow, you wheel the wheelbarrow across the farm, you empty the wheelbarrow. Like, just all these little chores that you do, but all the chores provide a backdrop for this conversation that you're having with this mafia guy. And over these conversations, you kind of get to, you start to get a bit of a picture of what this guy's life is. Um, and... And it's it's a very melancholy, very kind of heartbreaking game, um, because I mean I found it really interesting because you are playing a character that has resigned themselves to death, right? And so much of so much of video games is about trying to prolong your life, trying to live a bit, a little bit longer, kind of thing. This you're just playing through. He is not wavering on his desire to stop working for the mafia. And really accepting what the consequences of this are, and as you, I, I really like. I'm I'm reticent to give spoilers, but as you kind of go through these scenes, you find out why he's he's willing to to let go of his life the at this point. Things he's done. 
and it's it's fucking heartbreaking why he wants to do it. Like I don't know if you remember you you remember the beginning of Firewatch how it's like you start off and you're like you're choosing a dog yeah, cute, yeah. and then you you have that moment of like oh you're abandoning your wife in a mental health facility because she has like dementia. Yeah. Oh Jesus! Like that's and that's the kind credits. of hit you get. <laughs> yeah. That's that's kind of the sort of emotional beats you get on this game. Sure. Like that was the, that was the best part of Firewatch sort of, too. The opening. Yeah. I don't think the game the game yeah, tops that part. Um, so from a narrative perspective, it really is like it's beautifully written. It's fantastically voice acted. Like the guy playing the farmer does an incredible job um, at at sort of embodying this character through his voice. Uh, as a game though, I think some of the, some of the interactivity just feels a little bit tacked on, like, hey, we've just put this interactive thing in here to make it feel like you're playing a game, rather than this interactive thing really adds to the game itself. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, there are a few of them that just feel like they're in there to generate Steam achievements. Yeah, I, that's um, why I, I can't handle walking simulator style games. Sure, yeah. Ab absolutely. Um, I'm just gonna like, why uh, is this a book? I don't know. That's, I mean, that's an argument that could be made. Is like, th this could have been a cutscene. I definitely appreciate that. Like, that little bit of agency you're given. Like, I don't have to look at the mafia guys. He's talking to me. I can look around the farm. So bits and pieces like that, that, you know, you feel like, okay, I am in control of what's happening. But at the same time, the story itself is very linear. There's no branching storyline or anything. You are, you are always going down the path you're going to go down. When I finished the game, I actually looked up, like, are there multiple endings to see if, like, okay, is there a version where I can, I can save the guy, I can do anything, that kind of stuff. Nope, it always winds up in the same place. Um, which, on one hand, sure, I guess that's the story they wanted to tell. I think it's a really kind of effective ending. But at the same it's time... It's just the way things go in the mob, you know, buddy. Yeah, to break it to the, you. the mob and pig farming. Um, uh, but also, because I like, you know, games I feel really thrive when they offer you the opportunity to at least feel like you've affected the action in some way, shape, or form. In this game, I was just enjoying these beautifully written scenes, but also just going, okay, my, you know, I'm, I'm limited here to just click a button, press on a thing, something will happen. There are definitely some bits of the interactivity that are just really not very well done. There's a bit at the end where you cook dinner, and it is so fucking clunky. Not game-ruiningly clunky, but I was just like, God, I want this bit to end so I can just get on with what's happening. <laughs> I'm, I'm tired of having to, like... I'm tired of every time I, like... I need to chop a carrot, and every time I drop the knife, it gets flung halfway across the kitchen so I can go get another carrot. Like, there are bits that weren't particularly very well designed. Um, and it is, like, it's 25 bucks. So I, I kind of, you know, this game lasted me an hour and without multiple endings, there's no real reason to replay. Um, yeah, that's not, that, that is a bit, so, a bit much for a game like mm. this, for an hour long experience. So I think if it comes up on sale and it's like 50% off, give it a whack. That's, that's, that's decent price. But um, Full price is a bit tough. And I realize, like, it's shitty of me to say that because, um, like, developers need you to buy full price games to justify, like, to, to make money and, and ensure that they continue to Keep thrive money, yeah. in the game development world. But as much as I do want people to play this game, I think it's one of those games that might trigger some people of, like, I can't believe I paid that much money for something this short. Is it something you can see yourself um, ever, ever replaying? A few years down the track, maybe, when the story's kind of disappeared from my mind a little sure. bit. Um, and maybe if it's just, you know... I mean, I was going to be like, I'll play it with my daughter, but like, <laughs> this is not the kind of game that we'll play and together until she's an adult. This is why you never want a career in pig farming. Yeah. And well, until she understands and accepts her own 
morbidity <laughs> or mortali- mortality, I guess. I guess there's no point. All of your three and a half her. now. It's about time. <laughs> yeah. It's about time you... You know what happened to your goldfish? It'll happen to you one day. Let's talk through it. Let's play this game. <laughs> My goldfish um, owed money to the mob? <laughs> but I will say, like, I, I, I cannot reiterate enough that the story that it tells and the way that it is told is beautiful and really moving. Okay, cool. Yeah, so that's that's been uh, this new dad's adventures in indie games it. for the last... Last two weeks. You have it, folks. You you can play video games and have a child at the same time. You can't play video games and conceive a child at the same time, though. That sounds like a challenge for our listeners. (laughs) Take all the small games 2021 challenge. (laughs) Um, Just set up the switch on her back. (laughs) Um. As a person with a very deep voice... I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A -a one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Now, Levens, are you strapped in for a fantastic segue? Let's go from a game about pig farming to games by Oink Games. Um, that would be great. However, I'm going to be talking about a game called Space Otter Charlie first. And we- you motherfucker, that was the perfect segue. We have an email that ties into, uh, in, into the Oink Games stuff. And we're in the video game realm, you know. I'm sorry to... Sure, okay. Uh, if, if you thought you missed the, doing the podcast, I hope that is, the, is your lesson. <laughs> no, you didn't. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so I, All right. I am on a few mailing lists for a lot of uh, like different indie uh, developers and indie game publishers, and some of them will send me um, like press releases, and others just straight up just send you code sometimes. And uh, this one uh, publisher who are called um, Quantum Astrophysic Astrophysicists Guild, um, they mm, every okay. every every like maybe every second game they release. They'll just be like, hey, what's up, Andrew? Happy gaming. And then they'll incl- attach a code for their new game. And um, often they're uh, like, you know, very kind of like short and fun little um, arcade experiences. Um, I, I really enjoyed a game they published a long time ago called Almost There. They also published um, Tumblestone um, and Round Guard, which we played on Apple Arcade. Do you remember that one? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, but I got, I got one that, look, without... Look, I'm going to say a lot of good things about this game, but I have to admit, when I first got the email, this just sounded like a shovelware title. It's called Space Otter Charlie. And the front, the main picture of it is a an otter in a spacesuit with a gun floating in space with a jetpack. And right. I was just like, what the hell kind of game is this going to be? 
Um, so many weeks passed and um, when I was putting in a code for Pokemon Snap a couple of weeks ago, I was like, oh, that's right. I have like a, a an indie game that I was sent that I haven't uh, put the code in for yet. And I did. And it was Space Order Charlie and it loaded much faster than Pokemon Snap did. So I, while I was waiting for Pokemon Snap to load, I booted up Space Order Charlie and immediately was won over by its charm. Uh, it is... A tiny smidge of environmental message for kids. Uh, so basically, it opens with like um, uh, a bunch of otters on Earth. When all of and this is all told through a comic that you you, you flip the you see the next panel by pushing A, and it's done really well. The art the artwork suits the game really really well. Um, so you see like otters as as everyone abandons them on Earth because of global warming. They just say because the Earth was getting too hot, and then. For a while, the otters and all the other animals had a great time uh, because there were no humans to ruin Earth for them. But then they had to leave Earth too because, um, it, you know, the effects of global warming were still fucking their lives up. So then you see like a montage, a bunch of different panels of otters trying to create spaceships. And eventually on their third try to launch something into space, they succeed. Hence, Space Otter Charlie, who is an otter right. in a spacesuit, which has a jetpack. And uh, you float through these levels uh, trying to cre- um, collect parts to upgrade um, the, the, your rocket ship, your, your spacesuit, your weapons. Uh, and basically what you're looking for is, um, is a planet to have it, um, to, like, you know, to, to, to start a new life on with your otter friends and eventually beam up all of the other animals that are still stuck on Earth. Uh, the gameplay is deceivingly simple. Um, you... It's not so much a platformer as it is like imagine you are something that is just floating in space. When you when you hit a wall, you can launch yourself off from it in the direction you want. So basically, okay. you point yourself in the direction and then you launch yourself into space until you hit another surface. But because you have a jetpack with a limited amount of fuel that reloads every time you hit a wall, you can be like in the middle of space and then use the jetpack to like launch yourself in the opposite direction or, or around a hazard. But again, you can't like hold onto the jetpack for very long because then you run out of fuel and then you can't use the jetpack at all. Um, you have until you hit a wall. Yeah, exactly. Then uh, you have a uh, a ray gun, um, which you can upgrade to various um, you know different things that can destroy like barriers and, and particular enemies and like reflect off certain surfaces. Um, and it's very like very like fun kind of linear and almost like a similar kind of structure to Bastion. You kind of do have a hub world that you can upgrade as well, um, and you have various otters that you can talk to in the hub world. One of them is the person in charge of which location you're going to go to next. The other one is a robot that can upgrade all of your um, all of your like your armor and, and weapons. And uh, then you also have uh, an otter who can help. Like you basically pay, you collect these things that can then be used to uh, bring in other animals from space who then live in a big tank below you. Um, because all the animals you're bringing up are, are like nautical animals who also like living in the water, like otters. Um, sure. And so then you you basically like you're, you're exploring this map. Um, you, you get you so you explore a level, and then within it you f- you learn of new locations, and then you look at the map when you when you're in your hub world, and it will show all these different other planets that you can visit. And so there is a very linear path that you can go to, um, and you know there are boss boss fights in all uh, in each level and various new enemies and new kind of fun gimmicks to to get around um you know keys that you need to unlock in a particular um sequence but then there's also like um weapon challenge planets um where you're going there purely to go to, to like complete a bunch of challenges that will then get you parts to upgrade your weapon um like to, you know to build a rocket launcher or something fun like that um, so immediately, like I was just like, well, I'm I'm clearly 100% in this game. It seems very achievable, and yes, it is. You can definitely 100% this game in maybe five, six hours, and every single okay. one of those hours was extremely enjoyable, save for the final boss fight, which was a little bit buggy, um, and uh, but it was it was a it was a you know just just reset the level kind of bug as opposed to a like you know turn the game on and off again. Sure. Uh, but aside from that, this was like a really smooth, professional like fun different uh arcadey it's kind of a platformer but obviously you're not platforming uh so yeah i guess like a a 2d adventure game where you play as a space otter the the jokes were you know cute 
um, not funny, but cute. And, uh, sure. and the gameplay was really satisfying and fun the entire way through. Um, this game absolutely took me by surprise. And if you liked, like, I would even compare it to like, yeah, I mean, like the elements of Bastion, elements of like Steamworld Dig, um, just like you have these options of places that you can go and like, you know, doing challenges to make the rest of the game more fun for you because you'll be stronger or your weapons better. Uh, I know you love games, things like that in adventure games too. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, you would love this game, dude. Like absolutely love this okay. game. It's uh, it's 20 bucks, but it's been on sale twice since it came out. Um, once once wow. for 25% off, once for 10% off. So at least, you know, just depending on whatever indie sale. It came out in March. Um definitely like you know put this on your on your watch list and if it ever gets reduced again absolutely pick it up but if this sounds like a game that you might like i can absolutely see someone warranting the 20 bucks australian i think it's 15 us uh to play this game uh it is a game that i could probably play more of um if they like if they do add some new modes or something like that in upcoming dlc and i hope they do i would definitely go back to this game i had a great time with it i think the mechanic the way that auto moves around was so unique and different um it just this was a, such a good surprise uh you know i feel like normally i have to have some level of expectation before fully getting into a game like this and i had none and i just left fully satisfied with this great great little game that'll probably fly under the radar for everyone this year but uh the thinking gamer will uh, will, will remember it come I'll, new game day i don't know what do you have when do you buy games i like to think that our our entire audience are thinking gamers yeah. Um, yeah, give it, give it a look. I, I'm, I'm going to give it a, I think I'll, I'll check it out. Definitely based on what you've been saying. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it, it was uh, published by quantum astrophysicist guild. Um, we'll be talking about them a lot this year, I think, cause they have, um, a couple of, they, they just released that game cozy grove, which I know a lot of few people are playing. It's like a kind of animal crossing esque kind of game. Yeah. I played it on, I played it on, um, uh, it's on Apple arcade. And it pulled that same thing Animal Crossing did where it's like, come back tomorrow. And I was like, mm, fuck you. <laughs> um, that's not why I thought we were going to play it. Uh, we we're going to talk about these guys again. They're putting out a game called Sail Forth. Are you aware of this game? Okay. Um, it is a, uh, a basically an infinite oceans game. Uh, it's a precisely generated Ooh, sailing yeah. game where you there's like you know, realistic sailing physics. You explore all the oceans and like meet all the different sea creatures. You upgrade your ship. Um, and then you even start a fleet. Um, you can like fight pirates. It sounds really fun, and the graphics look really great. So that is a game that I'm looking that forward to. That sounds dope. Sail Forth is the name of that one. And then there's another game that maybe is a you and me game, John. That's called Freshly Frosted. Someone placed the machines in this factory in the most peculiar way. You'll need to place your conveyor belts cleverly to deliver these donuts just right. Feel that satisfying sweetness oh, as yeah, you solve yeah. puzzles in the world's most adorable donut factory. Uh, there's right. no fucking way you don't play that game. So, <laughs> yeah, true. It's coming out at some. It, it's going to be on yeah, Steam. That one. Is that the one that feels like it has kind of a real programming element Absolutely. to it? Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Nice. Um, and it looks like at this point it looks like Sail Forth is only only going to be on Steam at this point, but hopefully it becomes on Switch too. Um, yeah. Because this would be a beautiful a beautiful game to play on console. Uh, cool, man. Um, I'm, I'm, that's, uh, that's it for my video games, but now we're going to enter the territory of board games, or are we? Because I just forgot to say that <gasps> uh, Space Otter Charlie was developed by Wayward Distractions, um, and nice. their, second, their other game is a game called Sherlock Holmes' The Art of Detection, which you can download on the App Store. But uh, I don't know, get Space Otter Charlie instead. You're an otter in space. Need I say more? Um, but anyway, um, board games is where we're heading to now. Because uh, Oink Games, I've spoken about them at length many times uh, on previous episodes of the podcast. They are a board game developer um, in Japan. They make these adorable, beautifully designed uh, board games that are very small. Small box games, I believe they're called. And, I mean, fuck, what, what, it's like, it's like... 15 centimeters by eight centimeters. They are, they are small. They're, you know, it's like the size of two matchbox cars, these games. Yeah. Um, and uh, I have more than 30 of them now at this point. Uh, have I told you about the, my, the, the friend, the very unlikely friend that is addicted to oink games so much worse than me? Uh, and, it, and it's no, all because who, of me. You, uh, so I have a food podcast that I haven't done an episode of in a long time. 
And uh, there used to be three hosts of that podcast. It's called The Mitchin. One of them was me. The other one was my friend Mitch Orr. And then the other one was my friend Mike Eggett, who is a chef in Sydney who runs okay. a restaurant uh, called Totti's in Bondi. Matt Damon went there last month. Pretty cool. Um, and uh, he... Was he was he Pinbone? Yeah, Pinbone. Okay. His account is at Pinbone. So if everyone wants to go follow Pinbone right. and, um, and just post oink oink underneath all these photos, that'd be sweet. <laughs> Um, but he uh, he is like like horrifically addicted to to board games now because of me, especially oink games. And he has like there's a few white whale oink games that I have just like accepted. Like I was gonna maybe try and look for them when I was in Japan. Um, like there's one they did a version of um, a game called Modern Art, but it's with stamps. So it's this beautiful little box of like you know stamps that you like you know it's an auction game. You're, you're auctioning stamps. And um, it's many years out of print. They'll never get the license to do it again. So all the games that are out there in the world, that'll be it, you know. Um, and if I, I know that you can find it for maybe like 200 bucks if you find it in Japan. The cheapest I could find it online was $500. And uh, I was like, nope, I'm, there's no way I can justify that. Mike got it. <laughs> Mike, huh. Mike has also managed to track down the only copy of their first game, which is called Dib Dib. We just couldn't find it anywhere on the internet. There's no, like, you know, there's barely any evidence that this game even exists. It's just on the Oink Games website. And he was like, I need to track it down. I have to have all of these. And he managed to, like, through the... He found this weird service where you basically, like, send someone within Japan to buy something for you and then they mail it to you. Like, he had to use that. He he found it at a shop that didn't do online shopping. Something weird like that. crazy. Anyway, so he has all of them. Um, But uh, at the start of the year, Oink Games um, announced... A, uh, their first ever Kickstarter and there's a Kickstarters are pretty common in the board game world um, basically it's just you know expressions of interest putting your money where your mouth is and committing to buying a game before they make it um, so they did a, uh, a Kickstarter for three games um, and they uh, they all arrived at my house within like less than three months after after the Kickstarter finished which is pretty cool and rare for Kickstarter I think I thought you hear so many awful Kickstarter horror stories of people paying for shit that never arrived or people paying for shit that just never even got finished to the point of being able to be sent to you I reckon that happens mostly in the video game world but uh the three games that they had made were Moon Adventure which is a sequel to the Oint Games like kind of like main most famous game called Deep Sea Adventure um and then there's another game called Dokojong um which is I'm just going to read this to you, John. This is the uh, description of Dokajong. Five cabinet sure. members have become so infatuated with the king's dogs that they have hidden them away so that they can only show only they can show it affection. You, have you seen my dog? I think it might be in that room. No, no. Let's search for this room over here. They all hide their favorite dogs while trying to find the other cabinet members' dogs. If you don't make an effort to search for the other dogs, the dog you love so much might be discovered. But how will you be able to keep your dog's location a secret? So it's a game in which you have to hide dogs behind doors <laughs> and, and constantly search for everyone else's dog while keeping the location of your dog a secret. I haven't played it yet. Uh, but the third game from the Kickstarter was a re-release of a game that I already had uh, called Inner Grove, um, which is a detective style game. And I was like, oh, it kind of sucks that we have to pay for games that we already have. Um, but this is an, um, in, an insanely good version where normally we get beautiful cardboard in Oint Games, they've done a full plastic... You can just hear like, the tactical beauty of these little chips. And basically, like you're trying to figure out the um, who, who, who of these different bodies is a murderer. And so you have these fantastic big plastic men <laughs> with like... Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a very, very well-made uh, little game. Um, so I've, uh, I've not gotten around to playing uh, these games yet because uh, I've been... A lot of uh, Kickstarter board games have arrived at my house in the last few weeks. Um, but I was also able to get um, a few other recent Oint game releases that were only in Japan, but they linked it to their Kickstarter so you could add uh, some various games like Heyo, which is a rhythm, uh, like a, a rhythm game in which you have to kind of ma- put cards with, a, with the same rhyming pattern down to the time of a beat. So this comes with this awesome little toy, which I'm going to pull out right now. And um, it's it's tiny. It's like the size of a thimble. If uh, anyone under the age of eighty knows what a thimble is, <laughs> um, it's the size of your thumb. Um, and you you push it at the start of each round, and this is what happens. T 
Ten. So every time that whistle blows, you have to place your card to the beat each time, and you lose points for not keeping the rhythm. Uh, Archie and I have played okay. it. It's really fun. It's really simple. Um, it's easy to be like you know get hung up on the rules, but also it's fun just to play with a kid and fuck the rhythm. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and finally, the other game I got was another very weird one called Ninja Catfoot. Um, and this is a game where you strap a phone to your um, to your to your wrist using a slap band and some silicon, and you have to collect chips while um, like you have to basically recover stolen scrolls, um, and you have to look out for basically if you make big movements, um, you'll you, you get caught because the app registers big movements on your wrist. Okay. So you basically have to take a bunch of scrolls from a big pile of uh, of scrolls without making too much movement. Um, and uh, yeah, it just shows like the, the breadth of like weird, cool ideas that you have in these cool boxes of Oink games. But if you're listening and you're like, man, they sound fun, but one, I don't have the space to keep this many little boxes around. And plus they sound expensive. What's a cheaper way I could play these games? Uh, Oink, Oink games are doing another Kickstarter and uh, a lot of people have uh, tried to bring this to uh, my attention. Uh, we got a couple emails in um, the All the Small Games email inbox from uh, James and various other people. I got tagged in it in uh, several discords, including the All the Small Games discord. Um, but the big news is that Oint Games are going to be launching a Kickstarter very soon, at some point this month. And they are going to be bringing uh, some of their more beloved games to the Switch. Now, whether this means you were going to have to buy like Deep Sea Adventure as a separate game and then Startups as a separate game because we know that those two are definitely coming. They're two of the more popular games um, and readily available too. Um, but I'm hoping you like buy the Oink Games app and then that gives you access to all of their board games that you can play on Switch. Um, it makes so much sense as like a you know very Japanese company working alongside another very Japanese company um, that, you know, puts so much emphasis on uh, on pocket size experiences and like very well designed and well thought out simple uh, games it makes so much sense to be able to play these on the switch so um, I will absolutely be backing this when it uh, is launch- when it launches um, it currently has over a thousand people following just like th- this Kickstarter waiting for it to be launched and I think the the, oh, the wow. original that they're, they're the um the other Kickstarter had thousands of supporters too, so there definitely is a lot of um, audience for these great games. Um, outside of their board games, though, um, a couple of weeks ago we mentioned the Nintendo Switch uh, Indie World event that we covered, um, and there was a uh, a Japanese indie event as well. And I forgot to mention that within the Japanese uh, Indie World uh, Nintendo Showcase was an actual Oink game called Tiger Trio's Tasty Travels. Um, which is a game where you are basically like putting together meals. Um, you- I think this is the game I was thinking about when you mentioned the donut one. Right, okay, sure. Because um, there does seem to be a real kind of programmy element to this. Yeah, it's either called... Yeah, I, I, I can't work out if, it, if it's a, it's Google Translate saying it was, it's called Tiger... No, it's either called Tiger Tiger Trio's Tasty Travels. In, a, in, a, in Japan, it looks like it's called Torakichi Tiger Kitchen. Yeah, Tora Kitchen, no Tora Kitchen, um, and it looks super cute. You are there's like a big conveyor belt in the middle, and you are a gorilla making sure that the right meals are going to the right tigers. Um, it's one of those games that I'm sure will be very simple to start, and then get way more complex as you get further into it. The aesthetics of this game are so delightful, though. I'm I'm very excited for this. So apparently, this is coming out this month as well. Um, so it's absolutely going to be a game that's going to feature on the podcast in the future and definitely one that I'm sure both of us will, uh, will enjoy. Sweet. Oink Games, guys. My favorite. My favorite guys. Um, nice. My wife had an emotional moment last night where she had to admit that she doesn't like Oink Games, which is very oh. sad. And so now I'm on a mission to, uh, to play a bunch of them with her. So she doesn't like the game Deep Sea Adventure, which is fair enough. It's a very, it's right. a very mean-spirited game. It's like very hard to even finish <laughs> without like right. just dying okay. you, you can you, your your character can essentially drown um and uh you don't oh, get to boy. finish the round and so i feel like every time we've played everyone drowns <laughs> jesus okay yeah no, we haven't played it enough um, to learn that it's, it's okay that you shouldn't drown um but yeah uh, i've also been playing um i mentioned a while ago I, th- I talked about like that game mountain goats yep um do you remember that 
Uh, I, I kick, Vaguely, I yes. I started a, a series of, uh, of rolling games uh, by a, uh, a, a, a game publisher called um, Board Game Tables. And they did, yeah, they did a Kickstarter last year where they put together three very simple small box dice games. Um, one was called uh, Mountain Goats, one was called GPS, and the other one was called Sequoia. And uh, me, Archie, and B have played all three of them now. And official rankings, Mountain Goats, number one. You are, play- you ha- you are playing mm. a, a, a herd of goats and you have to um, race all the other goats that you're playing with uh, to the top of these towers of cards. And the first one up there gets the, high, the, 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 the highest number chip at the top, like a token. And you're basically going down until there's no tokens on three of the towers and then you count up how many tokens everyone got and whoever has the most is a winner. Um, then in second place, but a very close second, is Sequoia, a game where you're trying to uh, grow the highest tree uh, by rolling dice, choosing a... You have five dice and you make two pairs and then each of those pairs like adds up to a number, and then you put um, two, like one one tree token on both of those numbers, and then at the end, whoever has the most tokens on each number is has like gets to take a, a high, a, like gets more points, basically. Was was Sequoia the one that like has beautiful art on it? You're thinking of another tree-based game that I did not kickstart, um, and it is called Right. Uh, everyone. Everyone listening knows what it is, but it's a game where you... I have it. I just never, never played it. If you ever want to come and play a beautiful tree card game, John, I got you. We can play two games about trees in my house now. Huh? That's Sweet. 50% more tree games than you could play a couple weeks ago. I'm, I'm going to need one more so we can play a trilogy of them. Oh, I love it. Uh, finally, there's a game yeah. called GPS, which is uh, not so much a dice game, but you have a spinner, um, and it's like a UFO. It's very, very cool to look at, but um, gameplay-wise, you're basically trying to arrange... Um, your tokens uh, that are all numbered from one to twelve in, in in numerical order a little bit boring, um, but yeah, mountain goats right. and uh, sequoia absolutely amazing, very easy to explain to kids. Games um, we played them to death. Well, I mean, we've played a couple times. We, 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 I plan to play them to death. I'll be playing both these games when I die. Um, this is a this is premeditated murder here, yeah. people. Uh, we've also been playing a shitload of the game that you gifted us as you wish, which um, the sandwich game. It is um, Tilly, my four-year-old daughter's favorite game. And we have played Amazing. it with uh, both of their grandparents. We've played it with numerous friends. We've played it with um, the aforementioned Mike Eggett. Um, so it's, I was, yeah, it's, I was it's, trying to remember. Yeah, It's a hit every time we play it. So one of the best gifts we've ever been given. Thank you, John. No worries. Everyone loves a sandwich. Um, so a couple emails uh, and we'll wrap the episode up all the small games at gmail.com is our email address and we love hearing from you uh, James uh, sends an email saying uh, FYI 11's oink games coming to Nintendo Switch I fucking know James just talked about it uh, but he also says in a separate email from 10 days ago uh, hi guys my other half recently got me an awesome gift in the form of a Hollow Knight patch she sewed onto my jacket this got me thinking. Hell yeah. What are your favorite bits of indie game merch you own? Um, so, yeah, um, we've got a, little, a fun little PS, which is, if, I think if, you, if you're in the UK, um, check this out. Uh, he says, PS, I run a board game club in the UK, and it's great to hear the two hobbies come together in the podcast sometimes. Levins, check out the games Slide Quest and Dungeon Mayhem. I think you and your kids would really enjoy them. Will do, James. Thanks for all the great podcasts and congratulations to John if his baby is now here. It is. Thanks, James. It is. Thank you, James. So what's your favorite bit of bit of indie indie merch? Um, the only one that, that jumps out is my um, sh- um, Shovel Knight Amiibo. Um, okay. I have lots of Amiibo on display in my office because they don't do much in the, in, in the games themselves. Uh, but actually, the, the, the Shovel Knight Amiibo unlocked a... Uh, a little fairy shovel knight that followed you around as you played the the game, which is pretty fun. But also, it's just a very well made indie game figure that I, I like a lot. I've, I've I love Hollow Knight. I would love Hollow Knight figurines, but I feel like the few I've seen have not been like officially made. Maybe there are some that exist yeah. now. John, have you got any very very cool shit? Before before I hop onto my cool shit, obviously we're doing this over video chat. Levens is in his office. His office is just this fantastic background of all these like 
little toys that you can see, like you know, there's there's Mario and I guess a warp pipe on the wall. Oh, and no, it's a boot. It's, a, it's the boot from Mario Three. He, he, there's a, there's a, the boot from Mario there's, Three. There's a, there was a I Goomba can see in Bender's it. head. Let me finish. There there's, was a Goomba in it, and Mario jumped on his head, and now he stole the boot from the Goomba. Right. And now he can walk on spikes. That makes that makes narrative yep. sense. There is one thing that looks new in here, and I just want to check if I know what it is. <laughs> so it's it's the bottom left corner of my screen. Yep. Is that a plush toy of the dog from the mask? No, John, you fucking idiot. It's a plush toy of the dog from the son of the mask. Son of the mask. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Uh, hey, let me direct your attention to the full shrine. Uh, that is all of my son of the mask merch. That's right. We have uh, an official badge. Uh, we have a, an official wristwatch, which is made out of cardboard. Very good components. Okay. Uh, we have the uh, Japanese-only... Uh, uh, post-it note collection uh, We have a flip book And uh, of course, yeah the, uh, the the plush toy of Otis The dog from Son of the Mask If you're like, why is this dude talking about Son of the Mask On a podcast in 2021 May I direct your attention to the last 50 episodes Of Hey Fam, my other podcast with Angus Dreskett And our, our, our Instagram account At Son of the Mask Memes Please follow us Especially if you've never seen Son of the Mask And never will Just so you can be like, what the fuck are these guys on about? Just just checking, you do know the line where irony becomes, like, genuinely loving something, right? Oh, yeah, no, I genuinely love how much I hate them in this movie. Right, yeah. okay. <laughs> to the point where you collect its merch. Well, no, we, Angus and I want to have... Because Angus has, like, an official beanie. Um, he has, like a, like, a Japanese, like, beautifully, like, glossy cover coloured magazine that came out when the movie came out there. I have, like, above my... Where I work... Um, the inside of a light-up poster at a theatre that has, like, Jamie Kennedy, Alan Cumming, Son of the Mask. Uh, this is, like, a long, long obsession. <laughs> we want to have the biggest collection of Son of the Mask merch um, in the world, and I'm pretty sure we already do. Uh, and I think the piece of resistance is on its way to us. Um, and that The actual... Is it the mask? It's Jamie Kennedy himself. We've bought him. <laughs> <laughs> um, so in terms of indie, indie stuff, I... For some reason, I really have gotten into vinyl soundtracks. Mm-hmm. So I've got the Donut County soundtrack in vinyl. I've got the Untitled Goose Game soundtrack in vinyl. I've got the Ape Out soundtrack in vinyl. I've got the Kentucky Route Zero one on the way. Uh, I also have the Disco Elysium soundtrack coming in. Um, Devolver. So yeah, those Devolver just announced the Enter the Gungeon um, uh, vinyl collection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it has like a pop-up little thing that comes with it as well. It looks incredible. Oh snap! That's that's pretty rad. Uh, and I guess beyond that, I got a um, for Christmas last year from my office. I got this like uh, a print of a scene in um, Kentucky Route Zero. Uh-huh. That that just looks looks stunning. It's on my wall. I love so, it. I look or, at it every now everyone that I'm visits like, you oh. knows that you're a fan of interactive theatre. Yes, indeed. Um, yeah. So those those are probably the things I've never I've never really seen anything that I'm like, oh man, that's a cool like, that's a that's a cool figurine that I'd want to buy or something like that. Well, I mean, if there were figurines in the first place, I would absolutely buy them. I love toys. So more more indie game toys, please. Yes, I want a I want yeah, a Shante figure. That would be sick. Um, I want yep. Yeah, True. Uh, Hollow Knight figures would be great. Uh, more Shovel Knight. I should have got the um, other Knight Amiibo. Uh, maybe I can track that down. I think it's still pretty cheap to get it. Maybe I will. Maybe I motherfucking will. I'd love um I'd love a plush version of the Goose from Untitled Goose, yep. and it has a little thing in it. So every time you pick it up, it plays the like. Dun, 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 like the little piano riff of when the ducks off doing mischief. That. I got the Untitled Goose Game vinyl too, and that is crazy because no, like it, it, it has a, hasn't got locked grooves, so yeah, it can it basically like no two listens of that vinyl, or I mean like your listens of that vinyl because there's different tracks the needle can take, so because it, yeah. that's so you know just to kind of emulate how frantic that you know piano based soundtrack can be. It, you know, you could just get an entirely calm listen to one side of the record, but the other one could just be all the more kind of like mischievous piano. Very, very cool um, idea for it. Yeah, so good. 
Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Loving, loving, uh, love my vinyls. Even though I have just the shittest record player in the world, it's one of those like just ownership. Yeah, I I guess own- my 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 uh, family got me an extremely expensive record player, um, that is like like a carbon some insane shit. Damn. And uh, I never use it. <laughs> I, right. I have finally basically because it's not Bluetooth. So I have to. It has a Bluetooth dongle that I can then send to my soundbar for my TV. In theory, I should listen to it, but like the ease of just being able to tell Siri to play shit for me always overrides my sure, desire for a record on. Definitely. Cool. Yeah. Well, that is it for the episode, John. Very glad to have you back. Um, but if you good to be back, if buddy. you ever need a and uh, a week off to, to to be a father, you just say the word, and the elite podcasters of the world will will assemble to uh to to try right. and take a step in your in your shoes for for one hour of their week um that's i'm i'm very thankful for that so if you want to get in touch with the show you can in multiple different ways easiest way to do too is email all the small games at gmail.com we're on twitter at all the small game and on facebook at facebook.com slash all the small games and the best way to support the show is to go to our patreon which is patreon.com slash all the small games john if you have time this week i believe it is time to uh, record our second Patreon only uh, game yes. of the month club episode uh, about the game the Stanley Parable. Yes, definitely. Um, we will we will we will talk and we will find out when a good time for that yep. is. Um, I've I've played through a bunch of the endings. There's maybe a couple more that I just want to seek out. I'm thoroughly enjoying my uh, time. But yeah, re- it, yeah, really looking forward to it. Really, um, what a what a great so game that's coming out. And we also have to pick. We got to pick our next That's right. next game. So we do a, we, we we choose a game each month that uh, us and everyone in the all the small games Discord chooses. Then we record an episode all about that game. That is a Patreon exclusive episode. Last month we did uh, Bastion, um, the excellent super giant game, and uh, spent over an hour talking about how much we love that game, including a very stupid history by me of that game and that studio. Will we recreate that same stupid history this month? I reckon we will. Patreon.com slash all the small games. Aim for the stars. Uh, And you can find Levens at Levdog, L-E-V-D-A-W-G, on Instagram and Twitter. And you can find myself at 16tacos across those two as well. Uh, If you want to see pictures of my baby or Or Levens' life. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you so much for listening, and uh, we'll see you next time. See you next time. Bye. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.